Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Und die Bewegung sind Lebensausdruck unseres Volkes. Und damit... It's an existential challenge for the political and cultural institutions of the West. There's uh, great groups all over the country are rising up and they're not standing for this plantation of Ireland. And the alleged gunman has found something called the Great Replacement Theory in suspected writings online. Welcome to Free State, everyone. This is part two of our interview with Matthew Collins, a part that looks more into the solution to every problem for the far-right groups that Matthew was part of, the solution always being violence. And Joe starts by asking him about that violence and where it took him. You describe going around with a, a wheel brace in a plastic bag. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of violence. A lot of violence, and I think... Maybe uh, you would talk to us a bit about that, just so that... The violence, I think, well, I mean, I, I hope that about it, and I have a habit of being flippant, and I shouldn't be. And if you're listening to this, um, when you get involved in this far-right politics, I spoke about where hatred ends, it ends up at places like Auschwitz. You cannot separate yourself from the actions of others, and that is violence. The solution to everything is violence, and I... Time and, and time again, 
violence was the, the currency by which we would, we would trade politically. We'd stand in elections just so we could have punch-up. So we could hold public meetings and invite people in to fight. We would hunt down uh, people who were opposed to us and also people who were opposed to us hunted us down sometimes with uh, great success. But when you, when you say hunted people down, for example, did you attack colored yes. people? Well, it's funny you should say that, but generally, no. Generally, um, there is a level of, of racism where you can just guarantee that people who aren't in your organisation will carry out racist attacks anyway. Generally, our political actions would be to encourage others. So you put out a leaflet saying there's too many blacks in this neighbourhood, someone's going to read that and do something, aren't they? But our, the, our, the fascists will target physically and violently the left. The liberals, the left. Everyone's a communist, by the way. You know, you know that, don't you? Everyone, everyone who's not a fascist is apparently a communist. Yeah. And so the weekends would be spent engaged in violence with left groups. The organised Irish community in London, Manchester, and Birmingham. Well, um, Could describe a typical attack on someone when you, you know the group that you were with. Well, I, there was a pub in Camden, North London, which had a reputation as an Irish pub, and I remember maybe 15 Saturday afternoon, uh, warm day, 15, 20, 15 or 20 of us going up to the pub to attack it and then just putting the, putting the windows through and then all these shop people standing inside aghast like, what the fuck is this? And then, you know, going into the pub, attacking people, smashing up glasses. Smashing did, you have, up, did you have weapons? Uh, did, uh, yeah, I think so. Not me, but I think there was quite a few people who would carry a little hammer around with them or a little knife with them. Uh, marches, you know. So during, very serious violence. And just continue, well, what happened violence. inside the pub then? Well, the people, people cower, don't they? They hide under tables. The thing that you see more often, not a shock. Why is this happening to me? One minute I'm having a pint in a pub. Yeah. I got, I got the Wolf Tones playing where it was on the jukebox and... There's a guy. There's a guy from Mayo who runs the pub, and there's two girls from Kilkenny working the bar. It's an Irish pub. And that's it. It's a nice crack. Suddenly, all these English guys come in with fucking hammers, and they just start beating us all up and attacking us. And but there must be a lot of kind of you know, there's old like Irish pubs in London. There's just a lot of old Irish people in there. Like some of like, them, some of them blokes had big old big old hands. had been working on the roads, yeah, right? Yeah, they had yeah. hands like shovels, and, and it was thrilling. Yes. Absolutely like fantastic. It was exhilarating. Absolutely fantastic. And what would the atmosphere in the group have been when you when you when you departed the bar then leaving these leave, injured people behind? You leave know, very quickly, split up, blend into the community, and we'll meet up somewhere else, meet up somewhere else down the line and get the most poor things to get away with it. We did And then when you met up would you drink and enjoy yeah, then we, yeah, we'd, toast your success. Yeah, toast our toast our success. It was more And sing because I, I know in the book that the, one of the favourite anthems of the group was Hitler's favourite anthem, the Horse, Horse Vessel Lead. <laughs> can you still sing it? No, can I? Give us, give us a wee blast. I don't even know what it sounds like. No, come on. Because what will happen is someone will... Uh, <laughs> so, I might lose my record contract. Fuck it, can you imagine that? Yeah. No, they'd sing, they'd sing. I, I remember we used to drive in the minibus sometimes. They, the BNP had a minibus and Richard Edmonds would drive this educated, entertaining, passionate human being would drive us into battle. They called it a battle bus, and he'd sing the horse vessel, and the doors would open, and we'd all jump out and get stuck into and stuff. Attack. 
One of the worst ones, which of course is in the walk-in, uh, and it's also in uh, hate, was the attack at Welling Library, where we went to a public meeting where women, mothers from a community, were discussing the dangers of having a far-right office in their community. And we went along. I was a little bit naive. We, we went along because we were, and this is another thing fascists always do, we have a right to free speech. We have a right to defend ourselves. We have a right to this. And so we went along uh, to this library where all these women were having a meeting and we just attacked them. Attack them. You know, the, these fascists talk about, you know, oh, defending women, um, you know, defending women from this and that. Given the opportunity, you know, as I've, I've said from the very beginning, they will violently assault anybody they don't agree with. It's the only way they can sort of communicate their hatreds and their disgust. And so... Uh, Paint the scene for us. I mean, this is women... It was, on the, it was on their first floor at Welling Library. So Welling is in uh, South London, Kent. Um, it's a sort of lower middle class neighbourhood, I, I guess. The BNP, the British National Party, had opened an office there in 1989. From there, that shop was responsible for four racist murders because it poisoned, it absolutely poisoned people who were living in the community, young white people living in the community because they just gave out tens of thousands of leaflets and stickers. It was somewhere where people could go. It was almost like a drop-in centre. And I, I used to drop in. And so the local community got together and they said, we need to do something about this shop that's opened up. And our response was, as we kicked our way in and that they attacked the caretaker to the library, we're here to uh, defend our right to free speech. We have a right to be heard. And, of course, the doors to the meeting opened and all these people, like rabbits in a headlight, and then ploughed all these men. These How many of you? Uh, about between 25 and 40. Armed with cudgels and bats. Uh, yeah, there was hammers. There was uh, Most people picked up chairs. There was pool balls and socks. Um, and some of us who went along to this actually did think initially that we were going to have a debate and a discussion with these women about our rights and freedom of speech. But the reality of it is once you get in there and you see this is a fight we can win, no point in having an argument or pretending we're anything other than violent, nasty thugs. And we literally, they ran out of, oh, very, very quickly, they ran out of people to actually attack. Because they were... There was, all, there was all prostate on the floor, so they would start picking people up. Hitting and, people and, over the head. Hitting people over heads, over. yeah. Uh, throwing chairs at their heads. They locked a pregnant woman she had a sari on they locked her in the toilet and they decided to start trying to smash their way into the toilet well she had locked herself in there they they locked her in she got in locked the door and they tried to smash they tried to smash their way in uh, to get to her and somebody jumped through the window to escape the attack what did you do i after about five seconds which is a lot longer, it feels a lot longer, doesn't it, when you're doing something like this. Hopefully you've never had to experience it. I sort of just looked around at what was happening and I thought, wow, this is fucking madness. This is absolute madness. And, and looked around at people I knew and trusted and liked, people I'd engaged with in violence with before. And then you just see them stamping on the heads of women 
mainly women, almost exclusively women. And then I just thought, these are the sort of women who, when they're closing a hospital, organise the petitions. These are the sort of women who would, we didn't have food banks back then. These are the sort of women who would help others by staffing food banks. These are the sort of people who are the great and the good in the community. And I'm stood here and I'm just a massive cunt in the room. These were your mother, basically. These could have, yeah, these could have been my, could have been my mother. But they, well, they were other people's mothers. Mm. They were the concerned mothers who held a meeting to discuss the dangers of having a far-right group in their community. And the far-right group goes along and proves inch perfect, point perfect. This is what happens when you allow fascists to organise. I, I am uh, reading the book about that episode. It was that 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 was your epiphany. That was the yes. moment yep. that I think you, you realised that deep I, down something in you was dying, and this was. I I felt dead inside, and I for for a, yeah, I didn't become an anti-fascist overnight. I didn't become an anti-racist overnight because the issues which troubled me and the things that bothered me weren't suddenly cured just because I saw some people getting their heads kicked in. But it just made me think. What kind of society do you really want to live in? Do you want these people to be your MPs? Do you want these people to be the prime minister? Do you want people that can't even use a fucking knife and fork to dictate policy in a, in a government? And I remember we went back to the bookshop after. These are grown men, tough men, hard men, slapping each other on the back. I punched an Asian lady in the face, then I hit her with a fucking chair. And I just thought, what kind of... What have I done? What age were you? 19. Was it 19? Yes, 17, 18. About, about 19. Does the... What did it sound like in that uh, library when you... Just a massive grunt. Just a massive grunt. Screams, but overwhelmingly, just a grunt. And cheering and, you know, way fucking get into it. You can't fucking... Can I swear on this podcast? Because I have done a few you better times. believe it. Oh, fantastic. <clears throat> um, give us the... Give us the... It's, saying, you know. it's just... The noise is just fucking horrific. The noise of men killing women. You know what I mean? Grunts. Just... And then crying and screaming and people begging... For God's sake, please stop. For God's sake, please stop. They had this, uh, like I said, the, the, the pregnant woman who they locked into the toilet. For God's sake, stop it. She's pregnant. She's pregnant. She's, there's a pregnant woman in there. And they're smashing at the door. They had a hammer smashing, smashing at the door to get in there. And I thought, these people would, would kill. These people are going to kill. Because they're, it's not like... We better stop now. We've hurt someone badly. They only left when there was literally blood and piss everywhere and people crying in terror. Not, in, not so much in pain, but you know, terror? These people were fucking terrorized. And I'm there in the middle of it. And I just thought, fucking hell. You made a very, very big mistake. And life has now become 
incredibly serious because all that fighting on the streets, all that going to marches and throwing bottles or having bottles thrown at you means fuck all, really. Because your friends are fucking psych are psychopaths. This is, you know, hatred is, this is where hatred leads. I suddenly just woke up to it. Suddenly I realized, I saw it. This is where it ends up. There is no political row. There's no political solution. There's no, there's no politicking. Because what these people want, the people I was with want, they just want to kill all these people. They just want them gone. Matthew, can I just ask you about something you just said about uh, like those people? Were they when you were around them? Were they were they people? Because we read about football hooligans at the time, and they were kind of people who had kind of successful lives, or they would mm. you engage in football hooliganism. Was that something about those people who you said were your friends, or was it um, sort of the properly seriously organised football hooligans? No. Uh, they were hooligans, mm. you know, they, they weren't. They, there's often the, a, a slight argument between the organised far-right and the organised football hooligans, because football hooligans go football on a Saturday. The organised far-right go out and engage in, in violence and, and, and trouble. But, I mean, I, I, look, I, I indulged in some football hooliganism. I think four or five people who definitely who were there that night would have been described as football hooligans were not the dedicated football hooligans mm. yet. people that engaged in recreational violence and intimidation and what do you think you can do about radicalization as you mentioned uh how things have, have changed since covid or since covid yeah. things have got do you think that sense people being isolated and locked away and just spending more time it's a terrible it's an awful time for the truth right it's almost like the truth died This idea that came from Trump, you know, if you don't like fact, just have an alternative truth. And you see it, you see it all the, you see it all the time. Now. I, I literally think truth is under attack. Facts are under attack. Facts don't matter. Fake doctors on the internet, people handing out medical advice, people questioning history. 30 years ago, I would never have had someone in a pub, other than obviously another neo-Nazi, questioning whether the Holocaust happened. 
quite common now. People say, did it really happen like they said? Did it really happen? People can say what they want about anything. And it's, it, it, you know, I look at the state of Twitter now. Fucking hell. Truth is under attack. It's a real problem. Facts and truth uh, are, are under attack. And that, that period during lockdown, of course, where everybody, you know, exhausted Netflix within a week. And then it was just going, searching the internet. Is there a cure for COVID? The president of the United States of America spoke about injecting bleach into your, your, your blood. Before, and I think before he, before he got the vaccine. Before, yeah. And, and, and Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. Whose papers have peddled COVID conspiracy theories. Yes. Who have Truth caused is, such yeah. huge destruction in communities and turned people against each other yep. and waged war on facts. Yeah. Rupert Murdoch was one of the first people to secure the vaccine for himself. He was taken to a private hospital in England and he received the vaccine at the very head of the queue. Not only that, he married Jerry Hall. Well, he's outdating again. Yeah, I know. He's outdating again. So he might have got the Viagra jab as well. <laughs> you said, you said. There's a war on truth. There's a war on facts. And, and you said in your book, which I say again, I believe it to be a masterpiece of its kind. I, I can't think of another book that takes you into the mind of yeah. hate the yeah. way you do. But you said there, that you had terrible problems door-to-door trying to sell your National Front magazines because the Daily Mail and the Sun were doing it on an industrial scale. And and I I point you, that was also true. I think people should be, we should be clear on that, where racism racism did exist in London and, and the UK at the time. It didn't mean that fascist parties were particularly popular. But you look now at the far right in Britain, they are struggling to organise because we have a government. I hate this. Uh, two or three years ago, I started thinking that our government was using language that was dangerous. And I look at the, the British government now. Uh, it, it's. I don't like accusing anyone of being thick, but who would have thought thick people would run the British? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. But I think it's more than that. I think that they're, dis- like, they're disingenuous. They're liars. Well, they're, Lee they're Anderson, corrupt. the chairman of the Tory oh, party, Christ. said recently, and he was deliberately promoted. He's there, Nigel Farage now. Jeez. He was deliberately promoted yep. to peddle these theories. And he said just several weeks ago that the next election would be fought on culture wars yep. and trans people. Yep. Yep. And not and not on high interest rates, low wages, unemployment, the absolute disaster that Brexit is, the uh, the collapse near collapse of the NHS, the the British Railways being sold off and being so expensive, and then they blame the train drivers for for asking for pay rises. And this is again, this is part of that whole thing. We just obfuscate everything, put a few black kids in, in a dinghy, and and hold them up and say, "Listen, don't worry about us cutting funding to the NHS. Look at these kids coming here for a better life." You know, this is this culture war, and it, it's being fought by people who aren't very bright. You know, the, the, it's just it's just absolutely horrendous. The, and the Daily Telegraph today, encouraged, you know, the, the big Brexit, I saw you tweeted this as well, the, the big Brexit cheerleaders, the Daily Telegraph says, oh, if you're under 50, you should probably leave Britain now. That's true. That was their, <laughs> that was their, that was their editorial. If you're under 50, you should probably leave Britain. You can't get a visa. <laughs> and it's, 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 well, you can't go anywhere in Europe. Yeah. Look, Frankly, uh, I got can, me can Irish I ask, Before we, I want to yeah. ask you one thing about your life as an activist. Yeah, because you know you've written these books, but it's also important to say that once from that, you know, from that Welling Library, yeah, your life, you you went into activism and informing yep. against the far yes. right. Yep, and your life was in danger. Yep. How much threat are you under today? Well, cholesterol is dangerously high. <laughs> um, I think the. I mean, it, it's. It's portrayed uh, slightly in the walk-in, and you can also buy the walk-in and read it. I don't really worry about my life anymore. I mean, I do. I have children, family, you know. And you're talking about the change in the far right now that they have this white jihad thing. These are people who are engaged in child abuse, child sexual abuse. It's all there. It's not. I'm not just some mad lefty ranting about it. These are people who discuss raping my mother. And these are people that. Uh, wanted to harm my children, seriously harm my children. Um, I was in the Old Bailey, and while I was in court at the Old Bailey, getting someone sent down for wanting to kill, and it's always women they want to kill, someone they wanted to kill a, a, another female MP in our country, police came to my, to my home and said to my missus, you need to get your kids out of school. There, we have a... We have, Intelligence is a, a, a credible threat against them. And just to explain to the listeners, and I think that everyone should read these books. Uh, they're a massive contribution. Yeah. In, in relation to the critical issue of our times, the distraction of people by these culture wars yeah. and peddling hate and encouraging hate to distract them from the real issues and the huge inequality that there is in society. But for the listeners, and I'm not going to spoil it all, your your life after yeah. the, the 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 attack on those vulnerable women in the library. 
has been entirely different. You've dedicated your life. You've infiltrated yep. uh, racists and hate movements. Yep. You've given evidence in multiple cases. You've written very eloquently about it. And you've been a, a paragon of, 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 of uh, I suppose, you know, since then, you've atoned for a lot of the, the terrible things that were done. Yeah. And I, w- I wanted to ask you, because I think that, that ha- we, we, could, we could keep you here for hours and hours, and I know that we've promised you pints in McDade's pub. Yes, and, the and best, best pint of Guinness. We'll get a free one now. The best pint of Guinness in Ireland is at McDade's. Well, I'm going to have to respect... Just off Temple Bar. I'm, ask for Jerry. I'm in the process <laughs> of writing a book called A Journey Through the Pubs of Ireland, and I will discuss that with you anon, but you are most certainly wrong. That will now, be. Uh, All right, the, here we go. The, the, uh, the, um, yeah, the, the, I've, I've dedicated... I wanted to ask you what's your life like now. Yeah. Um, well, I, there was a documentary that I came out. I mean your out. life. I don't yeah, yeah. mean what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. There was a documentary that came out uh, with the walk-in uh, called The Real Nazi Hunters, and halfway through its filming, I break down in tears, which is horrific. What a thing to do. I didn't even cry when my kids were born. Um, the effect of being targeted and going to court was I, I had a nervous breakdown. And um, for someone that reads and, and writes for a living, one of the things that... I thought a nervous breakdown, you run out in the street naked, don't you, and take a dump. But apparently that's not what happens. My body shut down, my mind and my brain shut down very, very gradually. So I couldn't write anymore and I couldn't read and I wasn't really sure what was uh, going on. And then I lost my memory. So I've sort of got amnesia, funnily enough. And we thought, my, my missus thought I'd early onset Alzheimer's. So eventually, couldn't, get, couldn't see anyone, uh, couldn't see a mental health, even when I was feeling suicidal, couldn't see a mental health professional in the UK. There's like an eight-week wait. So my employers, Hope Not Hate, paid for me to go and see uh, a, a psychologist. And he said, oh, you've got PTSD, you've got amnesia, you've got all this. And I had to take uh, six months off work, but I'd already spent a year staring at the walls in my house. It was horrendous distress. And I had to look after us. Obviously, we had someone on the run who was hiding from the police. The stress, my everyday life now is obviously we move irregularly now. We're trying to keep our children settled because they're getting older. We have alarms all around the house. We have um, other things that we use to protect us. We have to be conscious that if I make a television appearance that perhaps I stay out of, um, because people have very short memories. You've been on television, people, people forget a week after. So my life now is protecting my children, that's my personal life, just protecting my children who have no idea what I do for a living, they have no idea about why they had such extreme changes in their life as they did. But I, you know, through the work with Hope Not Hate, I remain totally committed that I, what I've done is the right thing. Yeah. I regret absolutely nothing about what you saw on the walk-in is, you know, that was an extreme version of what we do, what we do every day. I regret absolutely nothing. I, my concern is obviously for my children and my family and um, stuff like that, but I regret absolutely nothing. I did terrible, terrible things as a young person. 
And now I travel the world doing whatever it is I do. The German anti-fascists call me the fat James Bond. <laughs> but that's what I do. I run spies now. I'm totally committed. These organisations will never get a political hold in Britain or in Ireland if I have anything to do with it. There's a sense of incoherent anger. People are angry, but they can't explain why. Hello, sir, and why are you here today? I'm here to protest, right? I'm going on a march. I want Britain to be back British. I want Britain to be back British. I'm going on a march. I want Britain to be back British. I want Britain to be back British. Got interracial law and the Muslimic infidel. They're trying to get their law over our country. And it's happening, it is happening. It's happening in other countries. It's happening in every country. It's like, everybody, like, you got, you got, you got Muslim ray guns. Muslim ray guns. You got Muslim ray guns. Ray guns, ray guns. You got Muslim ray guns. Muslim ray guns. You got Muslim ray guns. Ray guns, ray guns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 